Money FM 89.3, best of the breakfast huddle. Why it matters on Money FM 89.3. Money FM 89.3. Good morning. Ed's The Breakfast Huddle. Elliot Danker, Bharati Jagdish and Ryan Huang. Uh, it's time now for Why It Matters. And we're asking the question this morning, if you're a business owner, would you consider collaborating with a rival? <laughs> mm, a total top-of-the-line competitor. But... Only if it means you two come out on top. I can see how people will be quite careful about this. They'll have loads of apprehensions. You've got to do your research before you do it. You've got to be clear about your own objectives, your competitors' objectives. Your new partners, of course, will try to disarm you. But once you are clear about your strategic objectives and they are aligned, you perhaps can go ahead and do this. If there are misalignments, understand how your partner's objectives will also affect your success. I think there are clear merits to collaborating because they might have a particular competency that you don't and vice versa. So imagine if you joined forces, it could result in great results. All right, so Tata Consultancy Services, which is a leading global IT services consulting and business solutions organization, has recently published a global study that's called Where, How and What Leaders Will Compete Within the New Decade. Findings from the TCS 2021 Global Leadership Study, and it's revealed a sharp divide in the digital strategies of better performing companies, leaders versus laggards, the followers in that sense. Mm, an unexpected insight, though, found that 80% of leaders are actually more willing to collaborate with competitors compared to followers. So clearly it's better to be collaborating, right? It'll put you on top, according to this study anyway. It also found that 80% of top performing companies have already been collaborating with competitors. Let's find out more from Amit Nif Saka, who is Vice President and Country Manager for TCS Singapore. Amit, good morning. How are you? I'm very good, Elliot. Thank you. Hey, thanks for uh, having a chat with us about this one. Tata Consultancy Services, if you don't mind me being a little bit cheeky at the start, you released this report. So do you guys do any collaboration? Is it important for a consultancy service? Oh, yes, we do. I mean, in fact, some of our best customers are also our competitors and also our suppliers. To give you an example, in the technology space, right, I work with uh, companies to to help build solutions Mm -hmm. uh, for, for our customers. And in some cases, these might be my competitors that I'm working with. In some cases, I might be using their product. In some cases, they might be using my services. Win-win for everyone. Yes, that is the big question, right? How do you achieve a win-win for everyone? I think a lot of people have apprehensions about approaching a competitor and suggesting that they join forces. Clearly, there are limitations to this. What do you go into a meeting like that with What exactly do you have in your mind as you go in and suggest a collaboration and how do you prevent it from getting out of hand in a way where, you know, their objectives collide with yours? Well, you know, I think firstly, clearly understanding what the end customer needs, right? And putting that customer's needs at the center, uh, clarify a lot of concerns that, that competitors might have. Because the larger picture is to get value for the end customer. And I can give you a couple of examples, right? I mean, apart from the technology industry, you see the retail industry, you see so many retail platforms where companies are now selling other retailers' products on their own platforms. Finally, it's it's for value for the end customer and it's business for both the competitors together. 
All right, I mean, let's talk about this survey. Where, how, and what leaders will compete with in the new decade? What are some notable things that stood out for you, especially amidst this pandemic? And what was the methodology of the survey? I mean, who was surveyed? How was it done? So we surveyed the over 1,200 CEOs and senior leaders across the Americas, Europe, and Asia Pacific, and you know, clearly asked them about their strategy for the coming decade. And one thing which no surprise stood out for, for everyone is that the future is digital. One of the good things that happens out of bad, maybe because of the pandemic, is that digital adoption has has accelerated way beyond what anybody anticipated. So the key finding is that everybody and every successful company is investing in digital technologies. The second key finding is that no company can can be self-sufficient. You need to collaborate, whether, as I mentioned, it is retailers collaborating on a platform or it is a bank offering services which are not the traditional bank services or it is an airline offering content from a content provider. So companies across spectrums are collaborating to give a combined offering for customers and these are the successful ones. The third one, again, no surprise there, a key finding is that innovation is, is the focus area for most CEOs. And the fourth one, which was which actually stood out for us, uh, was that the single biggest concern CEOs have around the world is is cyber attacks. Mm. Cyber attacks. We'll get to that in just a moment. But you also mentioned innovation, Amit. The thing is, while senior executives are likely to understand that innovation is key, I'm pretty sure, because loads of studies have already proven that, they do understand that innovation is an imperative, not just a nice-to-have. They are apparently underestimating the amount of innovation that they will need to generate within their four walls. Why is this happening, you think? This is happening partly because of two reasons, right? One is this, the life cycle of a product launch and a new, uh, new service offering has reduced drastically. Earlier it used to be in, in the years, now it's not just in the months, but it's in the in weeks. In weeks, you, uh, companies and your competitors can come up with uh, platforms or, or competitive products that, that can really disrupt your business. So innovation has to be embedded and has to be, be literally real-time within the organization. And the second reason is that competition is no longer coming from within your industry. It's coming from across borders, across industry sectors. You, you wouldn't realize that, you know, hey, suddenly my business is being taken away by a company which, which started off, you know, doing ride shares. Mm. But today mm. it's taken away a large chunk of my business. Mm. Very nice. I mean, I, I think the pandemic has really pushed regular people to take a look at leadership, be it government or corporates and whatnot. Anything in the survey to look at the best and worst performing types of uh, company leadership and what can you tell us from those insights? Well, I think the, the key difference has been the speed at which innovation can be embraced. While every single leader does understand the need for digital and does understand the need for comp- competing in the next decade, I think the speed and agility in which some of the leading companies have been able to address opportunities, uh, harness opportunities, as well as address risks, has Mm. really made a big difference. Mm. Address risks, that's a good one. Amit, you earlier talked about how a lot of leaders are underestimating the amount of innovation that is required to survive these very challenging times. And you mentioned in that regard the word competitor very very often so the question then is back to what we started with which is how to collaborate with your competitors in order to come out on top 
what exactly would you say is the process of identifying the types of competitors that you should be looking to form alliances with? It will uh, require a long answer for this one, but I can give you a couple of thoughts, right? Now, for example, if you look at an individual's financial investments, right, you might be using a payment gateway, which is completely different from the bank that you have an account with. And they might be competitors because the bank has its own payment gateway and, and or its own wallet. But uh, you are comfortable as, a, as an individual using a different wallet. But at the end of the day, you need a seamless service. So here's where competitors with the bank and the payment gateway or the wallet will, will actually combine to give you a, a seamless experience. And end of the day, they might be competitors in, in the marketplace, but for you as a customer, it's the service that matters. Right. So you got to find a way to balance each other out in that sense. How hard is that conversation? It isn't too difficult because both senior leaders and companies are realizing that, look, if I don't do it, somebody else will come and take the share of the pie. <laughs> Fair enough. Indeed, yeah. I mean, but for collaboration to succeed, I mean, each partner has to contribute something distinctive, right? Whether it's research or product development skills or manufacturing capacity. The question then is, what are the safeguards that you need to put in place to ensure that the collaboration goes well and that you don't end up in a situation where you've done well for a while and then fissures start to emerge and you feel like your competitor is just taking advantage of you perhaps or running with an idea that was yours without you? Uh, you know, it is, a, it is a real risk. There is obviously the legal side of things where contracts are, are decided at, at the beginning, etc. But right, but it is a real risk because the market is so dynamic, you cannot foresee what could happen. But we also have a lot of examples where competitors are extremely happy getting acquired or merging into the into with a competitor as soon as they realize that look, uh, there is uh, that makes more financial sense than trying to fight each other in the marketplace. So, so there are a lot of you know possibilities that exist. There are cases. We have seen these where where it leads to not a, such a such a you know healthy separation, but in most cases because the market is growing because it is uh, you know new offerings are coming on a day, daily basis everybody is just running to make sure that they capture a larger piece of the pie rather than trying to you know beat each other down. Amit, we've been asking the question all morning: Is this the way to go? Clearly, it is. But I guess the broader question I'd like to ask is: What does this mean in terms of culture? At the end of the day, it's about developing a culture. Do you see this trend increasing uh, with time? I would think so. I think uh, you know, if you if you take a step back, even collaborating is what you know governments today around the world are talking about right our biggest uh, problem that we all face is climate change and without a culture of collaboration it will all be almost impossible for any single entity to solve that problem so i think it's it's great i think the new generation of you know uh, digitally native workers who are coming into the workplace understand this and you know they are, they really embrace this uh, wholeheartedly Amit, I'm sure that we are seeing more and more company collaborations with their competitors since COVID-19 because, of course, the pandemic has exposed a lot of deficiencies within individual entities. And if they want to survive, they will do their utmost to perhaps find a partner, a worthy partner. Of course, others choose to close shop rather than consider collaborations. How do you think the resistance to collaborating with competitors can be addressed better in the marketplace, especially when it comes to small and medium-sized enterprises in the Singapore context? 
it is not going to be easy you know as as you rightly mentioned uh, if you look at even the larger companies right the the, the number of uh, the average life uh, span of a company is decreasing year by year and some of this is because they are they they fail to adapt to the changes in the marketplace but the pandemic has actually accelerated the the mindset change as well a lot of the small and medium companies do realize that look hey i can't continue doing every single aspect of my business let me focus on what i do well and uh, let me partner to make sure that the partner delivers what he or she does well mm. i mean everything that we talked about and, and just to wrap things up right everything that we talked about leads back to the need for innovation in this day and age that we live in I've got a slightly left field question. What should we look at when it comes to, I mean, because we're collaborating, right, and there's a lot of discussion, what should we look at when it comes to protecting innovation or even protecting the ideas phase of innovation? Do you have any thoughts on this? So uh, there is obviously the IP patent regime and, you know, all of that, which, which protects individual innovative ideas. But mm-hmm. that comes probably at a later stage. Mm-hmm. I think at the initial stage, rather than putting too much focus on protecting my idea it is more important i think for everyone to get out test the idea see if there's a market and you know find the right partners to actually make biz- make a good successful business out of it i have a bit of trust is like dating eh? <laughs> <laughs> it takes time to build trust but also as you mentioned earlier amit uh, there are legal provisions that of course you can go to to ensure that there are protections but you know no one really wants to go down that legal route anyway it is so tiring usually it turns into a war of attrition doesn't it so perhaps yes yeah, spend that time building trust yeah. Thank you very much, Amit. Amit Nivsarkar, he is Vice President and Country Manager at TCS Singapore. To listen to more great interviews, download our podcasts at moneyfm893.sg or download our audio app. That's A-W-E-D-I-O. Available on Google Play or the App Store.